welcome to Pickaxe and Roll, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Make sure to use promo code MHS if you sign up. I'm Ryan Blackburn at NBA Blackburn on Twitter, and I'm here to discuss uh, the Nuggets' loss to the shorthanded 76ers. Joel Embiid didn't play. Um, obviously, Ben Simmons didn't play. That's pretty clear. Uh, Tyrese, uh, not Tyrese Maxey, Matisse Teibel did not play either. Uh, it didn't matter. The Sixers came in with more energy. Their bench was so much better than the Nuggets start or than like than the Nuggets bench. It was a complete disaster. Nikola Jokic showed up among the second unit or the first unit. Will Barton showed up in that first unit as well. And Monte Morris was fine to bad. Aaron Gordon was pretty bad, just disinterested. And Jeff Green was MIA. I think that's that's a pretty good analysis of the starting unit off the top. Um, it's important not to draw too many stark conclusions from this game. What I will say about this one is that Denver is in a very interesting spot where they've banked a bunch of wins from their five-game homestand. Did pretty well. Uh, they lost a second night of a back-to-back against Dallas. That was to be expected. And then they lost a shorthanded game, this one, against the Philadelphia 76ers. Not expected, but it's an 82-game season. I have to tell myself that's because I get very uh, down into the micro details of everything. I know that everybody else here does too. Uh, but what I will say is that this is game 15 of 82. Denver's already 9-6. and six. They are going to be okay. Please do not panic from this particular game. Uh, that would be the worst possible thing to do, in my opinion, is look, Denver has gained a bunch of good favor. They're also down a whole bunch of guys. So taking long sweeping statements from this game is the wrong thing to do. So I'm not going to make long sweeping statements on this one about players' abilities and, and whatnot, but I will say the, the positive Jokic looked great. Barton and his return from a back injury, which he described to the media as as what happened, I don't know, was what uh, was what he hurt, uh, what what exactly the issue was with the back. Uh, very ambiguous. Don't get me wrong; I was very confused about that answer myself. Uh, but Barton looked good. Jokic looked good. Jokic looked dominant. He scored twenty seven points in the first half. He was running off of screens in the first half, just popping threes everywhere he went. And then he got kind of passive in the third quarter. Things weren't working out. Denver wasn't getting him the ball enough. And, and when they were getting him the ball, it was in kind of rough, odd positions. I thought that he went at Andre Drummond a little bit too much in the third quarter as, as more of a mentality kind of thing. Like he was trying to prove it to him and, and bash his brains in, basically. He had done that well in the first game, in the first half. And that was all well and good, but Andre Drummond kind of stood up for himself a little bit and then kind of stemmed the tide. Charles Bassey, has the, the the backup center for Philly, I thought he was great too, and they did a great job by playing him in this game as opposed to playing Paul Reed, who I think would have been annihilated by Jokic. Uh, but this was a good win for Philly, a really bad loss for Denver. I thought that Jokic delivered 30-10-7. It's hard to ask for more than that. Only one turnover. And then Will Barton was really good, 19-9-8, near triple-double for him. He was involved in everything that was good for the Nuggets, and, and when they were getting stops, he was getting rebounds. 
when he was involved in the actions, they were usually pretty successful, hence the 19 points and 8 assists. Only two turnovers for him as well, so it's not like what he was doing was oversaturating whatever the offense was. Uh, But Monte Morris, Aaron Gordon, Jeff Green just got a lot of nothing from them. Um, Monte, 11 points on 13 shots. He made one of his three threes. Uh, The mid-range jumper was not going down tonight. Also had a couple of shots around the rim that rimmed out. That was kind of a theme for all of Denver's players tonight. It seemed like everybody had shots that rimmed out around the rim. Um, And that's too bad because it would have been extremely helpful. But yeah, Monte Morris, uh, fine, like subpar around the rim tonight. Uh, actually, just looking at the game logs here, looking at the shot chart, one of three from the mid-range and three of seven from inside the paint. That's not good enough, especially against a, and the Philly team that doesn't have Joel Embiid, that doesn't have Matisse Teibel, that doesn't have Ben Simmons. Like Those are the three best defenders. Denver should have been able to score tonight. And they couldn't. And the reason why they couldn't was because they were just atrocious from two-point range. Uh, Any floater that they took was missed. Any shot that was in the paint but outside of – or even even the mid-range. They hit two mid-range shots tonight. And one of them was a bull-bull pull-up 14-footer in garbage time. And the other was a Monte Morris pull-up. So every other mid-range shot was missed. The problem is that Denver, like, they weren't great enough from three either. So they are not a good jump shooting team right now. And the starters kind of play into that. Is that it was kind of a bad game from a jump shooting perspective for Monte. Uh, Will hit a few threes. Jokic hit some threes. Other than them, I mean, they combined for seven of of the 12 makes. Aaron Gordon went one of four. Monte Morris went one of three. Jeff Green did nothing. Uh... Starting lineup, I thought that they I thought that they would have gone to three guards in the starting lineup as opposed to uh Jeff Green and Aaron Gordon. As it turns out, Philly, they made the adjustment and they started George's Niang and then played him next to Tobias Harris and having those guys match up size for size. Uh I just assumed that Denver would be the one to counter, and they didn't. And it left the bench in a really interesting position, kind of a really subpar position. Um but like I said, this this is a this feels like a game where Denver looked disinterested. Aaron Gordon I thought was pretty emblematic of that tonight. He had 9 points, 4 rebounds, 3 offensive, 1 defensive rebound. Um 3 offensive rebounds and couldn't really like figure that out. Like he couldn't do anything on non-offensive rebounded shots. He had one corner three, but everything else was basically uh, just a miss for him. And it feels like and he was a step slow defensively tonight, just, just didn't really have it, just didn't really have the pep in his step. And it's hard for me not to overreact to that because it's game 15. It's It's like Denver looked tired when they probably shouldn't have been tired. Aaron Gordon looked like he was conserving energy. Jeff Green does this several times. Uh, Will Barton was getting blown by. Monte Morris got blown by by Tyrese Maxey and uh, Seth Curry and guys like that. Uh, Those guys had no trouble scoring on Denver. They had no trouble getting where they needed to go. And uh, 
I thought that the bench, like, I'll, I'll save that for the second segment, but uh, Jeff Green did nothing, and I've said that now three times without actually talking about him, but this was a game where he just got cardio, and, and that's that's really what he did from a, ro- like, he, he made some good defensive rotations, he grabbed a rebound, but Denver's playing four on five right now on the offensive end if they don't give him an opportunity to score. One of the good things about Jeff Green is he has a pretty diverse scoring profile that could be used on cuts, could be used on a a lot of different things, and they didn't use that at all tonight. And just seems to me like, I don't know if Denver made the right decisions um, from a game plan perspective in trying to attack the Sixers. I think they used their guards a lot. They did a lot of DHOs. Uh, Aaron Gordon somehow found 13 shots when I, I didn't really think that he should have uh, based off of the game that he was playing, but he did. And I, I am interested to see how Denver responds to this from an offensive perspective because 89 points when Jokic plays 35 minutes is pretty gross. It And he scored 30, like assisted on, on seven baskets. Like the dude is doing a whole heck of a lot. And the offense around him just isn't responding. So it's tough. You don't want to pin it on anybody. You don't want to pin it on like just everybody but Jokic. But it sort of seems like that. The Jokic showed, showed up to the party. Barton showed up to the party. And they were the only guys that were really doing anything. So it is what it is. Hopefully they get a better effort from that group tomorrow. When we come back, we are going to discuss the bench unit and I think some of the problems that they are currently facing. We will be right back. In. If you could, it would be awesome if you could rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, uh, continuing to grow the program. Heard some great positive messages from people the other day, uh, just that they were listening, and I heard from somebody that they were listening from Serbia, and I know that I have a lot of Serbian listeners, and that's pretty cool. Uh, it's, it's, it's always cool to make this more personal uh, than it is just me kind of like talking to a blind audience, so... If you are interested, reach out. I'd love to hear from you. All right. Uh, Forgot to mention in that first segment, Michael Malone also ejected in this game. Third quarter comes around. He's arguing a couple calls. uh, Had been pretty incensed on on various calls. And then when Jokic gets switched on to Seth Curry in isolation, Jokic does an excellent job of defending while fouling. And in order to gain separation from him while trying to drive, Seth Curry leans into him. Excuse me. He leans right into him and extends the arm and and just pushes off to get separation. It's a clear offensive foul, and the refs just either don't look at it or they they were looking somewhere else or they didn't think it was enough to warrant a foul call. And Michael Malone was very unhappy about that because Seth Curry got to pass it out to Tobias Harris, and then he went down the runway and got right past Will Barton and uh, went right into Jokic for, for a layup over the top of him. And it's too bad that that possession should have been ended before the basket happened. 
uh, but it, it cost Denver two points, and then Michael Malone cost Denver two more. Not that it really mattered, don't get me wrong, but uh, by getting ejected, he got two technicals right in a row, and he made the most of them. He definitely did. He tried to motivate the team, uh, but they clearly just didn't have it. It just wasn't going to go their way. All right, uh, let's talk about Bones. Let's talk about the bench. Um, I tweeted out today that, that Bones just had a, an atrocious game. And let's be clear, it was atrocious. There's nothing about it other than the block that he had in the corner on Seth Curry, I'm pretty sure. Nothing about it spoke to me that he was very good. Uh, the shots that he's taking right now, 0 of 7 from the field, 0 of 5 from 3, Got to the line a couple times, made both free throws. That was important. But uh, he is not creating the right shots within the context of this offense. Uh, the pick and rolls that he's running, uh, he I don't think he was getting the same amount of kickouts, the same amount of paint touches, the same amount of uh, easy shots at the rim that he probably could have in this game. One of the plays that he made that I think kind of probably threw him, and that was another one that incensed Michael Malone, was when he got into an isolation, he made an absolutely disgusting, dirty move uh, to get to the rim, free himself up, put the ball off the glass. Somebody hits it off the glass again. Clear goaltending call that wasn't called. And that's too bad because that that could have really gotten him going, just seeing the ball go through the basket. And he never got that opportunity. And then he settled for five threes. And in 14 minutes to take five threes, I know that a couple of those you have to take. They're kickouts from Jokic, but the shots that he's taking, and a lot of the threes in general are just very deep, are just extended range, not necessarily squared up to the rim all the time. But every single shot is a couple steps, a couple feet, maybe even more behind the line, just based off of the graphic that I'm looking at. And it seems like he is getting up very deep shots, and it's not surprising to me that those are going to have a little bit of a higher variance than the shots that are a little bit closer. Uh, you want him to continue to stretch his limits. You want him to space the floor, but Denver also needs him to be the floor general. They need him to be the best player on the court, and they can't have that variance from him. They need him to be good every single night, and if he's not good, the bench clearly spirals because we have a couple games of like not just a couple, we have we have several games of evidence now of Bones having a good game and then the bench playing better as a result. And we have a couple games of evidence, especially these last two, where Bones is not involved or Bones isn't very good and the bench sucks. They go as he goes. He is their engine. It's already gotten to that point that the rookie is being asked to do a whole heck of a lot. I asked Michael Malone about this post game, and he want, he deflected that question. He said, "I don't want it to be about Bones being bad. I, I thought the entire bench was bad." Basically, what he said, "We are not trying to make Bones the leader of the bench," was what he said. And I agree with him that they're not trying to, but they kind of have to. They kind of have to get him into a good headspace where he's playing well every single game. Because if he's not playing well, nobody has been able to step up. Like we've seen him play well, and and so but when we've seen him like we've seen PJ play well and we've seen Faku play well at times, but those guys are playing well when Bones is playing well. 
I don't know if I've seen a good P.J. Dozier game when Bones isn't playing well so far this year. I know I haven't seen a good Faku game. It's a problem. It's definitely, definitely a problem that you have a driver of the offense. And if that's not working, then the the rest of the team just doesn't have an answer. But that's where we are with the bench right now. And it's too bad because that could be – it could be solved. Whether it is going to be solved or not remains to be seen. But uh, it would also really help if Jamal Murray was back or Michael Porter was back and you aren't putting your entire hopes in the hands of a rookie. But that's where we are. And it probably isn't going to change. And that's okay because I trust Bones to be better. I think he will be better. I don't expect him to play this badly multiple games in a row. So we'll see. Like, and, and it also could have been affected by the ankle. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but if that's the case, then he probably shouldn't have played. And it's it's a tough situation to be because you want to help your team, but you also don't want to uh, be bad while you're out there. So I hope that he gets back to a good place. I think that he will. And the Nuggets bench clearly needs him because if he doesn't play well, then then they suck. That's that's basically it. Faku wasn't helpful tonight. Um, just a very like he he played three minutes in the first in his first stint, and then he played the last uh, four minutes of garbage time. Didn't take a shot during that time. Took three threes in the second in the garbage time stint. Missed all three by the way. Um, and he just doesn't like. It's not about Faku that I don't think he should play. It's it's not that he's a bad player. It is entirely because right now Denver's playing four guards off the bench. They're playing Bones Highland, who they need to play. They're playing PJ Dozier, who I don't know if they need to play him anymore, but they he's good enough that they they should have him in their plans going into the the playoff rotation. I'll talk about him last. Um, but they're also playing Austin Rivers, and they're playing Jamichael Green, and so. You play Faku with that group, and Faku has to defend the smallest guy on the court, which means that Bones is defending the second smallest as opposed to the smallest, uh, which kind of throws everything out of whack a little bit from a defensive rotation perspective. Now now Austin Rivers is defending threes, PJ Dozier is defending fours, and anytime you get switched from a, like Jamichael Green, he can defend fives, but anytime he gets switched off of the five, that is a mismatch for the team that they're going to exploit, and they did. Charles Bassey played really well tonight for the Sixers, and he also got four offensive rebounds. That's a big deal. That changes the complexion of a game, especially when it happened during that sequence in the second quarter where everything fell apart. Bones has got to play. I think that PJ has to play due to his size because of his ability to be versatile up and down the lineup, and I think he's he's good enough that he warranted some starting consideration in the preseason. He's not going to start, but he's good enough and versatile enough that when everybody gets back into the playoff mix, he probably is going to play over Bones Highland, and rightly so, rightfully so in my in my estimation. But we're going to see with him. I I, I need to see him shoot a little bit better. Need to see him make better decisions with the basketball. 0 of 4 tonight, PJ Dozier was. That just wasn't good. Uh, Austin Rivers did hit a 3 tonight, but he was 2 of 8, 1 of 4 from 3, 2 steals. I thought it was a pretty good defensive game from him, to be clear. 
Uh, there was a reason why he stayed on the floor with the starters in the fourth quarter. I thought that he played pretty well, uh, but they need him to be better offensively because he can't just be a defensive only guard. And right now he is because he hit one of four threes, but that's his percentage. That's his percentage on the year, even after he had three threes in the previous game. So he's going to need to be better. Jamichael Green was fine tonight. He wasn't good. He wasn't bad. He did hit a three, which is important, but he was one of three. So it wasn't like like Denver's not getting any games where their percentages are correcting as a team where, oh yeah, uh, Bones Highland was four of five tonight or, oh yeah, Jamichael Green was five of six from the three-point line. You're not getting any of those games anymore. And it's pretty clear that Denver just doesn't have the mechanisms to be able to have guys go off. I don't know why. I don't know what's the what the issue is. I can hazard a guess and say that I think that they need to play a second big as opposed to playing four guards, but I don't know if I'm correct on that. It's just what I assume. Uh, we're going to have to see what Denver does when everybody gets healthy, but if I, if I had to guess, I mean, Michael Porter, if he does come back, going to slide into the starting three spot, and then Jeff Green will be at the four off the bench. And Denver will go back to playing the two greens, Dos Verde, and they'll play three guards around them. And hopefully that makes things better. Hopefully they can get into a good rhythm with that group. But right now they're playing PJ Dozier as the four. It's not working. He doesn't look very good. He looks uncomfortable. He looks very stressed. Uh, And whether that's true or not, it remains to be seen, but thinking a lot. And some of the threes that he took, like it took a step back three from the corner tonight. PJ Dozier did. It was his only three of the, of the evening, but he's taking these difficult shots. And rather than taking the, the spot up threes that might come to him, if he plays with Jokic, he's having to take step back threes because he plays with the bench. And that doesn't surprise me at all. Denver's got to find a solution at some point. They need more from PJ. They need better three-point shooting from Rivers and Jamichael. Uh, They probably need Faku to not play. I would have played Bol Bol tonight. And I know that that's like, it's kind of a meme answer at this point. And people would be like, why why do you want that? Uh, No, I just think that he is a a very useful piece uh, when you're trying to get scoring. When you're trying to get easy shots and, and have some good variance, some good positive variance. Because he has the capability to be able to do that. And not a lot of guys do. And it also frees up Jermichael Green, where he doesn't have to be the pick and roll guy every single time. That's one of the things that stands out with the bench is that when they go with one big as opposed to two, uh, that one big has to do a whole heck of a lot. And Jermichael Green, I'm sure, is pretty tired. And despite the fact that he's only playing nine minutes tonight, uh, he was a minus eight. Bones Highland in his 14 minutes was a minus 21. P.J. Dozier, 16 minutes, minus 24. Uh, it's not going to get it done. It really is not. Let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to discuss uh, moving on and on to the Chicago Bulls. We'll be right back. All 
right, we're back. Final segment, pickaxe and roll. Thank you so much for tuning in. One great thing about the NBA is that there are 82 games, and you can't hyper-focus on just one of them. You need to have a grander perspective. You need to be able to see the bigger picture. Because if you don't, if you get caught up in the minutia every single time, then it's going to kill you. Because there are games like this that happen to every team. Uh, games like this happen to the 73-9 and Golden State Warriors. Games like this happen to the 1996 Chicago Bulls. When they lost to the Denver Nuggets back in 1996 when the Nuggets won like 11 games. It happens. It absolutely does. And arguing against it and, and trying to find reasons to uh, not justify what they did. Like it's You don't have to justify this. Like This behavior happens to everybody where you can't necessarily get up for a game where you don't face Joel Embiid or you don't face Ben Simmons. Imagine Jamal Murray going at Ben Simmons right now. He would absolutely do that. He would definitely, and Monte Morris would go at him, and Aaron Gordon would go at him. That would be awesome. Michael Porter. Imagine Jokic if he was going up against Joel Embiid in the second half as opposed to Andre Drummond and Charles Bassey. He would absolutely have focused in a little bit more and made it work. It just wasn't meant to be tonight, and it was a bad game. And the team will bounce back. They always do. I think a better question than why did this happen tonight is when have they not responded in these situations? They've lost two in a row. Sometimes that happens. Usually what happens when they lose two in a row is they win the next game. They turn it around. They hyper-focus on not uh, getting that losing streak, not letting that uh, blossom. How many times have they lost three games in a row in the last three years? It's very rare. It really is. And the reason why is because they have a great culture that they've already established. They trust Jokic. He delivers on a consistent basis. And guys will kind of rally around him a little bit. It might take him going for 40 points at one point. It might take him going for 15 assists at one point. But guys will eventually join in on the party. They will play better defense. They will be more focused. Will Barton said, no excuses tonight. We just didn't defend. We just didn't guard. And he said he was bad. He said like other guys were bad. He didn't name any guys, but uh, he said that he thought that they played bad defense tonight and not to have any excuses. You better believe that even against Chicago, even against a better team, a very motivated Chicago team that uh, clearly wants to go high places this season. Even against Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Lonzo Ball, Alex Caruso, guys like that, they're going to be better than they were tonight. That's the great thing about this group is you don't necessarily have to worry about uh, just being awful for prolonged periods of time. They have been so consistent in being able to maximize their win total because they do things like this, because they deliver on a consistent basis. And that is great. And here's the great thing. Chicago, they're not going to have Nikola Vucevic. They're starting Tony Bradley, and he will guard Nikola Jokic. You think that Jokic is going to be frazzled about Tony Bradley? You think that he's going to go out of his way to only take 10 shots against Tony Bradley? No, it's, it's hard to ask Jokic to do more than he does usually, but 
30-10-7 tonight, I bet he has more tomorrow. I bet he does. I think he'll be great. I think he'll be fantastic. Might not be as efficient as he was, 10 of 17, 3 of 4 from 3, but he was really good, and he's going to be even better because that's the kind of player that he is. Aaron Gordon was bad tonight. I think they're going to need him to be great defending DeMar DeRozan. They're going to need him to be great defending Zach Levine. Switching on to Lonzo Ball, whatever it is, like he's going to be better than he was tonight. Will Barton, I'm not sure because it's a very weird back injury, uh, a very ambiguous. I hope that he's still good. If he's healthy, then I think there's no reason why he can't get to 20 or at least 15. And then it's on the bench. It's on the bench to try to figure this thing out. We will see if they can. We'll see if Bones can deliver. We'll see if maybe P.J. Dozier steps up or Jamichael Green steps up or if they play Bull Bull. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. I, I, don't, I don't really know what's going to happen, but I'm very curious just like everybody else. All I know is that they deliver in these situations. They do a great job of bringing their best when their backs are against the wall. That's their DNA. That's what they've done every single time. And it never gets old. They always find new ways to win. They always find new opportunities to showcase their talents, to showcase their skills. And Jokic in particular just continues to impact the game in drastically different ways. And I believe that he'll just find new ways to impact the game in this one too. It's just how he works. We'll see if enough people join him too. That'll do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Thank you so much for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support. Hope you enjoyed this episode, despite the fact that it's on a bad loss. It is what it is. Uh, I will be back tomorrow night. It, it, it might be a later podcast. My brother's coming to visit, and I, I do want to spend some time with him after the game. But uh, we will see. I will let you guys know on Twitter at NBA Blackburn. Uh, Make sure to use promo code MHS if you sign up for DraftKings. And I'll talk to you guys tomorrow.